Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue, and we're coming to you from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. At the International Association of School Librarianship Conference in Dubrovnik, Croatia, Karen Reed, an associate professor in the James E. Walker Library, received the L. Ann Clyde Memorial Research Award for the best conference paper. The title is Demonstration of Teacher Citizenship Behavior by School Librarians Through Work and Volunteer Service. In short, it's about what motivates school librarians to go the extra mile and perform services outside the scope of their defined duties. We'll check it out, so to speak, after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. Openings remain for the 6th Annual Winter Village featuring Santa and the MTSU Farm Animals, which will be held from 9 a.m. to noon, Saturday, December 7th, in the main arena at the Tennessee Livestock Center, 1720 Greenland Drive in Murfreesboro. Alana Vaught, instructor in the School of Agriculture and whose Agritourism Club is sponsoring the Christmas-themed event, said it's important for people to make their guaranteed reservation to ensure your space for the children and adults planning to attend. Free parking will be available for the event, formerly called Christmas Village, where children have an opportunity to learn about agriculture, make Christmas crafts and see live animals, and Santa and Mrs. Claus, all under one roof. The event will include farm animals, photo opportunity with Santa, MTSU chocolate milk and cookies, straw maze, two crafts, little acres, and more. A little acres is an interactive exhibit allowing children to be a farmer for a day. Admission is $10 for adults, $5 for children ages 3 to 12, or free with a donation of three non-perishable food items, and of course free for children ages 2 and under. MTSU continues to be recognized for its advocacy of increased voter registration and participation. Tuesday, November 12th, at the Museum in Washington, D.C., the All-In Challenge Awards Ceremony recognized colleges and universities committed to increasing college student voting rates and specifically for achieving a student voting rate between 30% and 39% during the 2018 midterm elections. MTSU was also named a 2019-20 voter-friendly campus by the Campus Vote Project, Fair Elections Center in Washington, D.C. To earn the voter-friendly campus designation, campuses must submit a plan and report the results after implementing that plan for the general election. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Karen, congratulations. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. How did you react to the award? I know you were very excited to be going to Croatia and to this conference in advance, but I don't think you expected to come away with the award. <laughs> Not at all. Um, a big surprise. It was, um, I was very humbled because to be over there and be with other professionals in the field that um, I recognize so many of them. I read their research and I thought, my goodness, how am I getting an award when all of these other people are here? So um, it, it was very nice. And you have a co-author we should acknowledge, right? Absolutely. Uh, Terry Tharp Thar in the College of Education was my co-author on this paper. And I always thought librarians went the extra mile personally as a lay person because they were so devoted, because there's just something about the profession that attracts devoted people. You found some other reasons, though, right? 
Absolutely. And that's the way I thought about it, too, actually. Um, but going into it, um, it's it's more complicated. Um, I found that librarians, their emotional connectedness to their colleagues, to their students, to the organization itself and the profession itself um, were extra motivators. And um, at times when uh, there were other factors that uh, kind of impeded librarians' ability to connect um, to their students, to their colleagues, um, that, that took away from their ability to go above and beyond, unfortunately. Yeah. What was your research methodology for this paper? What did you do? I had a qualitative approach. I interviewed eight school librarians throughout Tennessee that I identified these eight people as being exemplary based on their contributions to the profession. Some of them um, had created a children's, uh, young, like a young adult literature um, conference. Um, others had volunteered in professional organizations devoted to librarianship and taking on leadership roles within these organizations, um, you know, officers and, you know, elected um, officials within the professional organizations. And uh, they just amazed me. And, and getting to sit down and interview them, I had a list of questions that I started off with, um, but then the conversations would go beyond that depending on where participants wanted to take it. And just a lot of really good information came through. So then I uh, come through these interviews and look for similar themes. Uh, I applied this methodology with the um, teacher citizenship behavior is uh, a theory that two Israeli professors, um, Somek and Aplaka, applied to teachers in categorizing their uh, work on the job to kind of tease out these exemplary behaviors. And I applied this to school librarians, which had not been done before. How much of the behaviors of the librarians would you say uh, would be uh, authentic, organic, and how much would you say are like career-driven? In other words, done so that their supervisors will recognize and acknowledge them in, in, in some way. Um, actually, that was the great thing about applying this theory. So teacher citizenship behavior these are traits that, as an employer, you you can't mandate these. You can't mandate, um, hey, talk to these students and, uh, you know, find out what's wrong. Why, why are they having a bad day? Or, you know, um, or, you know, work with your colleagues and collaborate and be a, a team player. And these are things you just can't really uh, put into a formal job description. Um, but the teacher citizenship behavior kind of categorized and pulled out these behaviors, and uh, it really showed these things that are beyond uh, the scope of the job. So I don't know how much these individuals were performing these behaviors to um, to get on their boss's good side. Um, I, I didn't see that because so many of these things the the principal isn't going to necessarily see all of these small actions right. throughout the day. They they would have to just happen upon it and look out to see the librarian in action. I ask that as sort of a devil's advocate question to establish uh, 
the fact that this is more of a service-oriented environment than, say, someone in the private sector who is at a corporation trying to ingratiate himself or herself with the boss in order to achieve a raise or a, a, a promotion, a better title, something like that. Uh, this comes... Uh, for, well, partly from the heart, and partly because it, it's they they feel that it is part of their mission. It's how they see themselves. It's how they have self respect in the profession. Absolutely, I I think um, you have to approach education with a higher purpose in mind. However, you define that higher purpose, uh, you have to have something. Um, that's a higher purpose guiding you in your work with with students, with uh, fellow educators, um, and with the public. You're certainly not doing it for the money. You're doing it because you're called to this work. We'll take a break right here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Tennessee Civil War National Heritage Area is managed by MTSU Center for Historic Preservation. A partnership unit of the National Park Service, the Heritage Area tells the whole story of America's greatest challenge, offering assistance with Civil War and Reconstruction Era programs. Our projects include historic driving tours, museum exhibits, and nominations to the National Register of Historic Places. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Karen Reed is our guest. She works in the James E. Walker Library. She's an associate professor, and uh, she is the co-author of a peer-reviewed article uh, about teacher citizenship behavior by school librarians, why school librarians uh, go beyond the boundaries of their job description. What is the good soldier syndrome? When I read it in the paper, it came off to me as sounding kind of like a, a derogatory uh, reference by whoever had fashioned that phrase uh, when attempting to apply it to people. Right. It does sound kind of <laughs> derogatory. I don't know that um, Dennis Organ uh, necessarily meant it that way. So uh, the teacher citizenship behavior is actually based on uh, work by Dennis Organ. So it was the organizational citizenship behavior. So that was um, the business world trying to categorize these things that um, people do um, beyond the requirements of their job. It's, um, you know, discretionary. Um, these things aren't, um, you know, something that you, you can punish the employee for not doing them. It, it, people just choose to do this. So uh, just that idea, the good soldiers. So um, you're going to, you know, slog on. You're going to do these things. Um, it, you, you feel compelled and called to do these actions. 
The good soldier I think of is someone who follows orders, and this is not order-driven or directive-driven from a supervisor. We're talking about behaviors that uh, uh, originate from within the librarian, right? They're not from the top down, but from within the person. Right. I I don't know that um, good soldier is a the way to look at it. I, I don't. Some economic have up, you know, took Oregon's uh, theory and applied it specifically to teachers, and that, that's not something that they really carried forth. That, but, but just the idea that um, people are choosing to do, um, so they they looked at it with um, emotion based kindnesses, um, and they called those ECBs. And then actual like actions that they, they call those the OCBs. So um, I might uh, choose to collaborate with, or I might, I might try to help a new teacher on the job get acclimated. So those actions, but um, talking to the new teacher, you know, trying to get a, an emotional read on, you know, how are, how are you doing in this new school? Um, you know, what phrase frustrations or concerns or. You know, so that deeds versus um, emotional connectedness. So there, there's a kind of fine line because I'm going to help someone out with deeds um, based on how, you know, I emotionally get along and, and, and just genuinely want to help. So it's kind of a reciprocal relationship that definitely came out in the paper, um, how we're motivated to do more when we feel connected to the people that we work with, whether it's students or uh, co-workers. And the word student-centered does come up in the, the paper. And uh, what sorts of, uh, can you give like some examples of what some of these behaviors might be if you're helping a student and it goes beyond the scope of what you might think of as a typical job description for a librarian. Definitely uh, the idea of creating an atmosphere in the library, a welcoming atmosphere. One of my participants really talked about that. Um, she had been mentored uh, this from a more seasoned colleague who she began working with when she first started librarianship. And it was definitely, um, you know, when a student walks in, you drop what you're doing, you help them. Um, it's don't get so bogged down in the the tasks of being a librarian, having that connectiveness to the student and, and creating this welcoming library atmosphere. Um, sadly, not everyone, uh, you know, when I talk to People, you know, their librarian experience you know, as as they were growing up, their K twelve experience. Not everyone had that, um, where they felt like the library was a welcoming, happy place. It, there's a lot of um, just punitive <laughs> type behavior, unfortunately, associated. You know, is my library book overdue? Am I being too loud in the library? You know, things like that. So, um, I think librarians today tend to take a different outlook on that and. Um, try to maintain order, but at the same time, just to make it more of a welcoming environment. So that would definitely relate with this teacher citizenship behavior is um, they're doing that because they care. They want students to feel comfortable in this environment and that comfort uh, will open them up to actually wanting to read, hopefully, and, and to come see what there is in the library. 
do some students who maybe don't have a great deal of experience with libraries feel intimidated the first one or two times they walk into it? Maybe it's the first time their teacher has told them they have to research something and or write a book report or something like that, and they walk into this place full of books, and maybe they don't know where to begin. Absolutely. And even um, sadly here at the university, um, we see that sometimes with uh, new students coming in who just really had a different experience um, growing up, or maybe their school didn't even have a library. So uh, walking into Walker Library can sometimes be an intimidating experience for new students. So we definitely want that welcoming environment, too. Um, We want to all of these good things that came out in my paper from the K-12 environment, um, I see that here at the academic uh, library level also. We'll take another break here. We'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Non-Traditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guest is Karen Reed, an associate professor in the James E. Walker Library. She received an award for the best conference paper at the International Association of School Librarianship Conference in Dubrovnik, Croatia. Paper co-written with Dr. Terry Tharp, who is an education professor here at MTSU, is about uh, how school librarians uh, go outside the scope of their defined duties to uh, help citizens, help the students, help teachers, and help the community. Some of the librarians you mentioned uh, had prior classroom teacher experience. Uh, How important is that in informing what they do as librarians? That was a very interesting finding for me. Um, I believe seven out of the eight uh, participants that I spoke with had um, prior classroom teaching experience. which is not a requirement um, to be a school librarian, but it, that's just how it worked out for these individuals. Um, some of the participants spoke about how that experience really informed their ability um, to connect with their teacher colleagues um, because they already, um, you know, just understood things about the different instructional standards. Uh, they had um, a different level of classroom management experience. A lot of these things fed into their ability to perform these proactive deeds and just the emotional connectiveness with their colleagues. It Ultimately, they felt like they were um, more so a part of the team with teachers. They felt parity, um, that, you know, this one-to-one equal relationship with them um, and this level of respect 
And some of the participants even questioned, uh, you know, how could you feel like an equal with teachers if you hadn't uh, walked a mile in their shoes, so to speak, you know, to actually have the classroom teaching experience? That was very interesting to me. I um, was a middle school librarian before I came to MTSU, and I did not have a prior classroom uh, teaching experience. And um, maybe it was just my school atmosphere, but I definitely felt a sense of parity with my teacher colleagues. Um, so that was a surprising thing to me in a way to come out um, through the interviews. Uh, the importance of peer respect is something mm -hmm. I've read about in other papers about libraries and, and librarians. Uh, are, th are they getting the respect that they deserve? Um, I've read about this topic, too, and it it depends school to school, and it, there seems to be some relationship between um, what the principal and the administration, the, the tone that they set. Um, when principals set a schedule whereby school librarians can be a collaborative part of the team to be in on these uh, teacher planning meetings and actually plan out um, lessons and, and, you know, where they're going to go with the instruction for like the next few weeks or next nine weeks and all. Um, there's definitely a greater sense of parity in a, in a school like that. Some schools, the principal um, makes the school librarian take a support role um, and is not included um, in the teacher uh, planning meetings and, and things of that sort. So, um, and that's something that came out in the paper too. There were structural things that were of the school that were set by the administrator um, that held back the librarian and her ability to um, work with her colleagues at that level. And um, and it was unfortunate because it really hampered her ability to be emotionally connected to uh, the teachers and feeling like she was a part of the team. So it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way when these things are set up. Um, and I think inadvertently, I, I just, I think all of the principals not doing this necessarily, you know, I, I think they're just perhaps uninformed of the role that school librarians can play in the, in, in setting the instructional agenda and uh, helping teachers and working collaboratively with them. So it's uh, with these particular types of supervisors, it's it's about or principals, it's about being unenlightened more often than it is about having some sort of an agenda. Um, definitely in my experience, um, I don't think it's purposeful. Mm -hmm. And if, when a, uh, a librarian is made to feel subservient to the teachers, even though the teachers are not her supervisors, that's a prescription for a bad atmosphere, right? Certainly. That's that's a bad dynamic. Um, in any workplace, no one uh, wants to feel subservient that way. We all want a team-based approach where everyone feels equal. It's um, This is curious mm -hmm. to me for a, a K-12 through environment because, you know, you don't have to have a master's degree to be a K-12 through teacher, but you have to have a master's degree to be a librarian. So the librarians have a level of educational background 
that is above that of some of the teachers, depending upon, well, you know, some go get professional development and go back and get their master's and so forth and so on, but it's not required. A librarian has to have a master's degree, right? That's true. And that's funny. That actually came up um, at the conference in Croatia. A Croatian um, school librarian was speaking on that exact topic. They, they have the same situation there. Um, but this person saw that as a positive, uh, that as a, as a way to um, impart respect for the work that school librarians do when the, at least in Croatia, with, for teachers to recognize that um, being the school librarian was kind of an advanced position due to the advanced level of education required. Um, they saw that as a good thing and, and that um, teachers respected the work of school librarians more so for their advanced education. Is there something going on between teachers and librarians? Is there some sort of professional rivalry that's kind of inbred into it the way, you know, print people and broadcast people used to uh, be rivals in journalism? Um, I, I don't think so. I, I think um, there's a great deal of mutual respect um, be between both groups. Um, it's just... Like my one participant said, if the principal does things from a um, just kind of a structural point of view as far as setting up the schedule or um, such that librarians aren't allowed to be part of these um, teacher team-based meetings or um, if the principal discourages collaboration um, you know, between classroom teachers – and school librarians, um, this is where some of the problems can lie. But I, I've seen wonderful collaboration, and I've worked in a fantastic school where we, we had excellent collaboration. But um, I also had an excellent administrator who in encouraged that level of integration. Well, the fact that your paper resonated with people at this international conference tells me that the subject matter has nothing to do with the United States. It's not a provincial topic. This sort of crosses all kinds of boundaries with all kinds of librarians, regardless of country or culture or whatever. Absolutely. And that was a really fun thing for me to be able to go to the conference and uh, talk with school librarians from all over Europe and Asia primarily, um, and Americans also. But um, it is amazing how the same issues uh, cross borders and oceans, and um, we're all just trying to create the best environment for our students and to foster that sense of teamwork. Um, we need te teamwork in every work environment, but especially, I think, in a, in a place like schools where you just have so many students to serve um, and just not enough hours in the day. We, the only way to, you know, make a dent into this level of work is, is just to work together very collaboratively as a team. Karen Reed, congratulations again, and thanks for being our guest today. Thank you. We'll be right back. The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research in progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. 
Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms. There is no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. MTSU continues efforts to ease the transition of the state's community college students to the Blue Raider campus. The university recently signed a True Blue Pathway Agreement with Nashville State Community College. It makes the move from associate degree to bachelor degree more seamless for students looking to do so. Here's Nashville State President Shanna L. Jackson. They are going to encourage those students to start at Nashville State and get on the True Blue Pathway. And that just makes the connection, I think, all the better. Because we're working together to get them exactly where they want to go. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.